the presence of God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Amen. The ever-present God. And you cannot avoid him. You cannot run and hide from God. So why do we hide from God when he's sitting there looking at you, talking about, look at her, hiding from me, didn't check in with me this morning, haven't checked in with me in a month. You got to check in with God because he's looking. You can't avoid him. He's everywhere. I think God just wanted us to know a few things about him this morning, this afternoon. Amen. That he is everywhere omnipresent that means he is everywhere from the beginning he is just everywhere amen he is here and he is there he's the god of the universe god of the stars everybody moon gaze and you know look look looking at the eastern things but there's god amen there's nothing what they're looking for and what they're worshiping doesn't exist a false God in their minds, but our omnipresent God is everywhere. Amen. They're looking for the wrong thing, looking for a sign, looking for this, looking for that. But the God of the universe, the God that created the heavens and the earth, he is everywhere. Amen. Omnipotent, omnipresent. He is everywhere and you cannot escape him. And why would you want to? Amen. He fills the heavens and the earth. He is everywhere in the universe, yet separate from his creation, but present on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. If you're born again, he is on the inside of you. So where are you running from? Amen. Doesn't that, ain't that kind of cuckoo? Amen. You know, I thought, I said, well, God, you know, we know who you are. And he says, No. My people really don't because they run from me and I'm forever present with them. Can't hide from God. Amen. His presence is with us forever. He abides in us and with us. According to Numbers 23:19. why don't we go there? Hallelujah. Amen. He is everywhere. He manifests his presence in different ways and in different places in some measure or another. And though we cannot understand it, his manifested presence is in our praises. So in other words, if you don't know God, when you start worshiping, praising him, he shows up because his manifested presence is with us all the time. Isn't that strange? We understand, but then again, we don't understand. Amen. Yeah, God is with you. So in Numbers 29, verse 19, it talks a little bit about God's characteristic. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He don't have to repent. Amen. Because he's perfect. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? So in other words, when God speaks, it's done. I'll read that again. Hath he said, and shall not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So in other words, whatever God has promised you, he'll make it good. No matter what it is. 
if you trust him enough he'll make good what he said all we need to do is prepare for that blessing because he blessed and not curse amen and so all god wants you to do is love him back and stop hiding from him we hide from god a lot amen one thing we can bet on is god's immutability amen he's immutable well what does that mean it means he never changes he ain't gonna change he's the same yesterday today and forevermore the bible says that he introduced himself to the disciples as the great i am i am that i am that's in ex, uh, exodus 3:14. let's go there right quick Exodus 3. Thank you. Fourteen. I think I can get to it quicker in my Bible. It says in Exodus 3.14, And God said to, unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. Amen. So that's his name. That's who he introduced himself to Moses as the great I am. He says, and go tell those Israelites that I am sent you, you to me, to them. Amen. And you, I'm sure they were saying, well, what's his name again? <laughs> oh, Verse 15 says, and God said moreover unto Moses, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and I, the God of Jacob have sent me unto you. Amen. And he says, this is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Amen. And so God changes not. He's not changing his name so we can understand it better. He is the great I am. And he doesn't change. Let's go to Malachi 3. We were just, oh, no, we weren't there. Malachi 3, verse 6. And in Malachi 3, 6, it says, For I am the Lord. Now, if in your Bible, in my Bible, that word I am is italicized for a reason, because that's a name. That's his name. I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. In other words, you've been rebellious. You've not obeyed me. And have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall I, we return? Amen. And then he started talking about it. Will a man rob God in verse 8? In other words, give something, plant a seed into God. Because he's the great I am. 
He says, and I change not. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to James 1. It says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. So in other words, every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no change. That's what that word variation or variable means there is no change or shadow of turning. So the source of all things, and I think this is what God wants us to know, he is the source of all things. And we are his first fruits. His creation is his first fruits. That's why he loves us so much. Amen. Let me go in my in my Bible. I can't deal with this uh this device. James. I think I want to read verse uh, 18. What chapter was that? Three? Oh, one. Okay. Okay, in James 1 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. In other words, God does not give you bad things. And comes down from the Father of lights, that's him, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means no variation. There's no change or shadow of turning. In other words, God is saying, look, I'm the source of all things. And I change not. I don't change. I'm here today and forevermore. And I don't tell you one thing and do another. I don't promise you one thing and give you something different. But I am the great I am. And would you not know that I will, before I not bring before you or perform on every jot and tittle of my word. See, this word is his bond, his signature. You know, when you put things in writing, and sign your name to it, then that word is your bond. So he says, before I not perform on every jot and tittle of this word, that means every question mark, every dot, every exclamation point, every thus saith the Lord, every this or every that, before I not perform on it, I will cease to exist. In other words, I'll just stop being. Amen. So in other words, he's saying his word is good and he don't change. He don't promise you one thing and then 10 years later say, I didn't say that or you can't have it now. You've been a bad boy or a bad girl. God don't do you like that. Amen. I don't care how long it is or how long the promise is. Because see, when it says, let's see, where is that? 
when it says in verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's talking about time. Amen. So God, he doesn't abide in time. Amen. We'll get into that a little bit later. It says, but God is eternally existent. And he created time. So that's why he, in other words, he's outside of time. He created time, but he's outside of time. He didn't create time for himself because he is father time. Does that make sense? So he cannot change or be changed because he, he's outside of time. He created it. Exter- he's external to time, if I'm not messing that up. So that's a part of his immutability. Immutability also means the quality of not being subject or susceptible to change. So he changed not. He's immutable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But change change is measured over time. Y'all got that? Change is measured over time. Something used to be, in other words, something used to be one way, and now it's another. Are y'all here today? So in other words... You ever, you ever, when people get born again and they change, and you say, wow, he changed, amen? Well, see, that's changed, but it, it had nothing to do with time, amen? Amen. See, God don't, he don't fall under time. He's outside of time. But after a time, we will see the promise, but it's not because of the length of the time. It's not because of the length of the time. Am I screwing you up? It's because God is outside of time, but but he does change things. And we look at it like it took 20 years, but he doesn't look at it like that. This is how he, he looks at it. It was one way one day, and it was another way another day or another time. So in other words, God works in this and that. Are y'all here? But he doesn't put it on his calendar because he's outside of time. But when we look at it, we say, wow, it was this one day and now it's another. That's the right way to look at it. The wrong way to look at it is it took 20 years because it ain't taken 20 years to God. Why don't I have that job yet? It's been four months. Don't look at at it like that because God is outside of time. And if we're going to understand anything about God, quit putting a time limit on his, your prayers. Y'all see why? Because he's outside of time. Now, when something finally happens, it just changes. Amen? Something used to be one way, and now it's another way. Because God is outside of time. Does this make sense to you? And so you can't put a, that's why God don't like, he don't go along with these times. You ever notice he don't put, (laughs) he don't don't do nothing on your time limit. When is this going to happen? I pray, well, he must not going to do it. No, you're not understanding things the way this world was set up. 
So there's a such thing as time. We have to live according to time, but God doesn't. And so if he knows we live in time, then why don't he do things on his timetable? Because he's the great I am. He don't have to. Because we're we're part of his creation. Just like he created time, he created us. So he don't have to do things in our time frame. Because he don't live by our time frame. Now, does he understand our time frame? Yes. And does he want us to get things in our lifetime? Yes, he does. So expect him to give it to you in this lifetime. But don't call time. Y'all, you know how you can, so you can call time, you can call time and then you can just be ready to receive whatever God has for you whenever he gives it to you. But don't call time on him. You know why? Because when people call time, when you put a limit on time, you get disappointed. Because God is not going to work in our time frame because he's outside of time. This is time and he's out here. Y'all see how he can't be put into a time frame. Amen. I hope that makes sense. And so he, you can never keep God uh, held to a time frame because he's right on time every time. See, he knows what's in our future better than we do. You know, because when we were in our mother's womb, he had a plan and a purpose for our lives. Amen. And so he knows about the time frame because he made it. But he don't have to live by it because he's the great I am. Amen. So we don't hold him to nothing. I'm holding you. And if I don't get this by Wednesday, would you just go, you know. God doesn't see because if we expect him to be held to a time, then he's not the great I am. So we don't hold him according to time. But say, God, I will see this in my lifetime. I will see this in my lifetime. I need a job. Lord, you know what I need. And you know what I have to pay. Amen. And so don't hold him to, you know, you didn't sign a contract for anything other than to be born again. Amen. So God is complete. And he is perfect, and he cannot gain or lose any of his attributes, or he would cease to be God. That's why he is immutable. Amen? In other words, he's not going to change. His character won't change. Amen? His quality of life, his external or his, his eternal existence is immutable. That means he changed not. Amen. God is complete. We said that. He's perfect and he cannot gain or lose any of his attributes. Or then he wouldn't be immutable. Amen. He would cease to be. God is omnipotent. Um, omniscient meaning he knows everything he's omniscient he knows everything so in other words he knows when your breakthrough is coming it's on it's on the calendar don't god know i need this not he waiting for you to know that he knows it 
and trust him and and stay calm see let me tell you a a bad thing to do is when you need something from god hold him number one we said hold him to a time frame and act like he don't know what he's doing that's what the children in the the israelites the children in the wilderness that's what they did so they just was done with god and they went and made them a god out of gold you know a animal and so they worshiped that because they had no confidence in god but see if we know a little bit more about god and if we know a little bit more about how he rolls how he reacts his ways if we know that we'll respect him more and we'll partnership with him and trust him in everything that we do romans eleven thirty three. Let's go there. We need to know God better. Romans 11, 33. And it says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth. So there's death, depth of the riches of of both wisdom and knowledge so wisdom and knowledge are considered riches especially the wisdom and knowledge of god it says how unsearchable are his are his judgments and his ways past finding out in other words this scripture is telling us that god's wisdom is deep amen and his knowledge deep and unsearchable are his judgments in other words you don't you don't know everything we don't fully understand that's what this scripture is saying to us in verse 33 34 says for who has known the mind of the lord or who has become his counselor do you tell him what to do no or who has first given him given to him and it shall be repaid to him in other words when god give us something we don't give him nothing back sometimes not a thank and a praise amen we're just looking for more but we can know his thoughts through him because he gives us wisdom see this is why god when you pray and you ask god for divine wisdom and revelation he gives it to people so that so especially to his servants the prophets so they can share with people so we'll know him better because we don't really truly understand him but we can but it takes some relationship you know you don't get to know a guy or a girl unless you have a relationship form some type of communication so you have to know who your god is his riches are deep and we ain't talked about money talking about his wisdom and his knowledge amen the bible says how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out see god knows how things are going to turn out before they turn out he knew he knows what your calendar is like before he give you that promise he knows the exact day so we should trust him trust him because he already knows because there's no new knowledge outside of god did you know that 
God, nothing catches God by surprise. Amen. No new knowledge. And he directs the spirit of the Lord. In other words, he directs the Holy Spirit. He tells the Holy Spirit what to do and where to go. Y'all here today? So God changes not, but he changes his mind. Did you know you can change his mind without changing him? Turn your face to the wall. Be guilty of something. See, people who will never take responsibility for doing wrong can't get God to change his mind about very much about them or their situation. The Bible says God is relentless or relenting or he changes his mind. But he doesn't change his nature. In other words, he don't stop, move from loving you to not loving you. No matter how bad you've been, he still loves you and he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's in Hebrews 13. So you can change his mind if you keep serving him and you keep going into the secret place of the Most High and plead your case. He can change his mind. He changed his mind about uh, Hezekiah because he told Hezekiah, get your affairs in order because you're going to die. And then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. He reminded God of all the good things that he had done for him, and he also took responsibility for his sins. And when he did that, God gave him 15 more years. That's pretty good when you're already up in age. Amen. So he can change his mind, but he don't change who he is toward us. Thank God. He loves us no matter what. He won't suddenly stop loving us because he's not that kind of friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Not like we treat each other. We, we love each other. We like each other as long as we can get something from one another. But then when the, the cow ain't putting out milk anymore, you're done. And thank God, God ain't like people. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So one day things are one way, and then an, and then another day it's different, and that's called a suddenly. Yeah. Suddenly, yeah. Yeah. one day, and that's how he works. He works in the suddenlies. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So in other words, God can work in one direction, and then things can be going in another direction based on our actions. You know, it is based on what we believe. And sometimes God will show us just to get tired of us being cuckoo and not listening. And he'll take that thing and change it. Amen. That's called working in the suddenlies. God knows how to change things real quick, and he does. See, that's why we cannot look at how things look and tell what's going to happen. You know how it is. You're praying for somebody's salvation, and you say, they still smoking pot. They still, what you looking for? Because, see, if you keep looking, you're going to see something negative because you don't supposed to be looking, watching people. What you watching over somebody's salvation for? You need to watch your own. And then suddenly one day, see, this is how God works. Things are one way one day for a long time. 
then all of a sudden, boom, it's different. That's how he works. You might not, sometimes it's a gradual thing that you can see, but most of the time it's not. Because that's where your faith in God kicks in, amen? And it's either there or it ain't. And so we have to trust God that he's going to do the things that he said he's going to do. And really and truly, it's already done. So you can't look at things and tell how it's going to turn out. You can't be watching people. But they still crazy. You are too for watching them. You keep watching them, you're going to be crazy too. I'm telling you, people will drive you up a wall. Amen. There's no new knowledge outside of God. Nothing catches him by surprise. Amen. God knows us inside and out because he made us. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 139. Hallelujah. Psalm 139. Nothing new under the sun. Verse 1 of Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. In other words, he know the thought before you even think it. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Not you are high. It is high. What God is trying to teach us. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Amen. In other words, God encompasses you about. He encircles you. Amen. He never leaves you, not in the dark. Verse 12. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Y'all hear that? For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. That's the scripture he gave Rachel when she was born. And marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are also are your thoughts toward me. 
O God, how great is the sum of them. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not evil to bring you an expected end. So that's what this writer is saying. It says, how precious are also your thoughts of me. God's thoughts are, are towards you are good. You can't go by what you think. You can't go by your human relationships. You can't go by how you feel about you. If you feel bad, get into God. And God will make you think differently about yourself. Amen. Verse 18 says, if I should count them, they would be more than number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O oh God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. You, know, you hear people use God, Jesus as a cuss word. That's what this is saying. Amen. 21, do not hate them, O Lord, who hate you. And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them, my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. So God never departs from his people. Amen. In 1 Kings 8.27, if you write that down, hopefully you'll read it when you go home. King Solomon's temple, he, he devised this temple or made a temple for God. It was magnificently built, the Bible says, but couldn't contain the ever-presence of God. You know, his train filled the temple. His, God was too much for King Solomon, who was the richest man ever been on this earth. He had all the riches. It's not that it wasn't built with the best money or the best jewels. It's because nothing was good enough for God. Amen? To contain his presence. Nothing could contain God. Nothing was beautiful enough. Not all the riches of King Solomon. But that, that temple that he made God, it was not even good enough. He, it couldn't even, and it was huge, it couldn't even contain the presence of God in it. His, it says his train filled the temple. Amen? Are y'all visualizing this? His presence filled a place. And so King Solomon's temple was not even uh, enough to contain the presence of God in its majesty. Amen. Hallelujah. He filled the heavens and the earth. He fills the heavens and the earth. So nobody could erect a building to keep him in. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It couldn't contain his presence. So why do we run from God when he's everywhere? Amen. You can't hide from somebody that's everywhere. So you might as well go to the secret place where he is. Amen. And then will you not see him? Because the heavens and the earth is filled with him. Amen. 
you know it's something god is everywhere i think god wants us to know that he understands he sees us running from his presence amen he knows that we don't pray enough he knows that we keep it simple and keep it moving when it comes to him and so he wants that to stop amen hallelujah adam and eve hid from god because of their sin so why do we hide from god's presence because of our sin because of our hardness of heart and we don't take responsibility for going to god with our sin you got to face him so god is saying in this hour that he wants people to stop running from his presence because he's everywhere he sees us in the he it's like he's like santa claus only better he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows when we've been good or bad so be good for goodness sake because <laughs> people equate him with santa claus anyway amen so if the temple king solomon's temple couldn't inhabit his presence we cannot hide from god can't do it and see when people go to the world and they want to be i don't want to be like them christians well it's going to pay off with these evil days coming ahead i wouldn't want to be nothing else amen hallelujah see people want the blessings of being a christian they just don't want to be a christian because you know they think that they're too bad they don't want to stop doing what they're doing amen and that's why adam and eve hid because of their sin and they heard god's voice walking in the in the garden and he called out and he says adam where art thou and he hid now why did he hide unrepentant sin see we have to take responsibility for what we do amen he blamed god for giving that that woman you gave me so so adam didn't take responsibility for his wife sinning are y'all here today eve didn't take responsibility god said don't eat from that tree that's in the middle of the garden then the devil comes by and said did he did he say i don't think did god truly tell you not to eat from that tree see he don't want you to gain all his knowledge amen see the devil knows how to get people they had everything in the garden everything no sickness Uh, adam had dominion over the animals he was the king the bible says he he walked and talked with god in the cool of the day they had everything that they needed here comes the serpent so when they ate the apple god says what did you do he says that she said that serpent made me do it didn't take responsibility don't we do that all the time when there when god is ever present omnipotent omnip omnipresent immutable he's all these things but we forget it and we lie and and don't go to him and think we can get away with it when he sees everything that we does that we do and so eve said the serpent she blamed the serpent she didn't say i disobeyed you lord and i'm sorry that's repentance we do the same thing we make up excuses and excuses is sin 
And he went to Adam. What did you do with that woman you gave me? You gave me her. So he's blaming God. She's blaming the serpent. Nobody taking responsibility when he was there and saw the whole thing. But see, he asks us. He confronts us because he wants a, a he doesn't want a hardened heart. He wants a repentant heart. And if you repent, God washes it away. But we hold on to it because we don't understand God. And we don't understand him in his magnitude. We don't understand him. Amen. We need to take responsibility for the disobedience and not blame the woman. And the woman blaming the sir. He beguiled me. <laughs> he twicked me. So we need to go to God and repent with true repentance from the heart. When you go to true repentance, you don't say but. If you listen to people and you confront them, they'll say, but I, yeah, you're right, but I was doing this. That's not repentance. You're pleading your case. And you don't do that to God. Amen? And see, if we keep doing people like that, we do God like that. Amen. He heard that they heard God when he was walking through the garden saying, Adam, where art thou? They heard him. They was hiding. And they made fig leaves and put on them because they were ashamed of their naked bodies. See, when sin come in, it makes you ashamed. He says, who told you you were naked? Because that wasn't an issue in the garden. That was a way of life. Amen. Amen. So nobody took responsibility for our lives we need to take responsibility for our actions our way of thinking well why'd you do that because it was in your heart well no it wasn't in my heart well it was if you did it it's easy to just repent and cry out to god with the truth because he's omnipresent he's omnipotent he's he was there when you did it amen but we make excuses for not obeying god no excuse is acceptable with god why because he can't change he will not change see if he would accept our lies and our um wimpiness if he would accept that then that would mean that he has to change but he's unchangeable he's immutable he changed not are y'all here today and so we need to stop the excuses amen come clean with god because he already he knows the answer because he's everywhere. Amen. Obey God. Everybody has something that God wants them to do. So quit running from what God is telling you to do. Fear causes you to run from God. Because we don't like to confront giants. See every giant in, in your. Let me put it like this. We. We need to confront those things that make us fear. If you don't confront them with knowing that God changed not and he is there for you. If you don't confront these things and run to God for shelter. Then you won't ever see uh, miracles in your life. We want the blessing and we praying looking for a breakthrough. But, but we have from God. God. And we, won't, we don't want to do what he's asked us to do. Amen. Without murmuring and complaining. Amen, sister. 
we complain about everything see this is what when i catch myself murmuring and complaining you know what pops up in my brain the children of israel i said that's why they died in the wilderness it's hard to believe that the reason they didn't see in in fact they saw the land the bible says afar off they made it to the promised land they saw it up on a mountain but they didn't enter in two people that didn't complain two people that believed god amen so see our murmuring and complaining does nothing to move god because he changes not and he's he's commanded everybody to do something take this journey with me and it's going to be hard yes but just don't quit and you'll see the other side like in luke 4 when he told uh, simon peter he says let's go to the other side but first cast your nets and get ready for a haul what we just came back i ain't doing that because that's a big waste of time cast your nets for a haul amen and so we try to use our human understanding to try to figure out where God is in this equation, and then it won't work. But a bad attitude will keep you from receiving the promises of God. Amen? Amen. So we need to stand still. The Bible says stand still and, and see the salvation of the Lord. That means don't go doing something in your own brain. Don't go, go to plan B. That ain't standing still. Standing still is standing in what God has told you to do. And if nothing is moving, still stand. If you don't see nothing that looks different, stand. Having done all, stand and don't change. Because this thing that we are looking for, our breakthrough, you can't see it. <laughs> you can't see it. Why? Because God changes not. And when he does things, when it's his timing, Amen, because he's outside of time. So when he, he has everything on his calendar, when it's time, it changes from one thing to another. You may not see it change until it's changed. Is that making sense? Quit looking for change. Quit looking to see if God is going to answer. He's already answered it. Amen. It's already done. But he's waiting on you to trust that he's already done that. And then, and then when your time comes for you to have it, you shall get it. If you faint, if you don't quit. See, people lose because they get tired. And then you know what they say if you confront it. Well, God didn't tell me that. Well, what are you, a, a, a goofball? He didn't tell me that. See, he changed not. He don't change, tell you one thing, and in 30 or 40 years, he didn't change from Abraham. Abraham changed amen they changed they did the plan b and they saw it was not acceptable to god and they got back in their prayer closet and the bible says that sarah believed him to the point where her body fell in line with the word of god fell in line with the promise and she got pregnant at 90 and he was 100 and when he first introduced this plan, she was 70 and he was 90. 
or uh, it was took tw- 20 years, whatever, do the math. <laughs> I don't know. And so it took them a while, but they quit that plan B stuff and they got on board with God. And when they got on board with God, it boom, it happened. Amen. They weren't tracing it. Now, let me see. Are my ovaries working? Is this working? And she was still old. Amen. But when she started to believe, her body fell in line with the word, with the promise, I should say. God's grace is sufficient for us, but fear causes us to run because we don't like to confront trouble. When trouble or something hard to do comes, we want to fall back and and hide and be mad. And that's how you lose the promise. It's like I'm going through, but I'm not going through pleasantly. We know. (laughs) Find some joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how you make it through. You don't make it through being arrogant and haughty. You make it through in the joy of the Lord. You don't make it through being desperate and cuckoo. You make it through loving God and trusting God. And when the times get hard, and yeah, they get hard, run to him, and he'll fill you up. Amen? Hallelujah. You never know what kind of fruit you got until you get squeezed. I heard somebody say that. That squeezing, that's tribulation. That's the giant that you confront. You don't know what's in there until you start getting squeezed. So you got to know what you're made of. And if you only knew what you're made of, you can deal with this. You can handle it with joy. And that's something the Israelites didn't do. No joy. We ain't going to be happy. What are we going to be happy for? Because you're alive and he fed you in the wilderness, made a way out of no way. Water in the desert. A lot to be happy for. That strength that you used to go make a false image of God, he gave you that strength. Because his grace is sufficient. See, God's grace, we need to really understand how grace works in our life. Grace helps you to make it to the finish line. It enables you to not give up when you feel like, when your flesh want to give up. Anybody can give up and go do plan B and be happy for a season. Anybody can do that. But be careful of the gates, what gates you leave open. Be careful of the eye gate, looking at the world, looking at how much money they have, looking at the cars they drive. Well, they, they got married yeah, to a, a wife beater and a wife leaver, and he's going to leave you too. See, that's the stuff that the devil don't want you to see. That's why he, he perpetuates the blessings of the world. And it's only for a season. It don't last long. Because Satan takes everything he gives, he takes it back. And, and he takes the interest from you. Because he's a loan shark. 
you get something that the devil has, you get it the way of the world, it's gonna, you're going to be charged extra for it. That's how he rolls. But when you wait on God, and when times get tough, and they get tough, you fall on your knees and cry out to him because he's everywhere. Amen. You never know what kind of fruit you got until you get squeezed. You got to know what you're made of. Amen. Well, this is the devil. Sometimes it ain't. Like Eve, blaming the devil. You know, the Bible, let's go to Mark 1. Hallelujah. God leads all of us into triumph. But sometimes he leads us, just like he led those crazy Israelites by way of the desert. He didn't have to take them that way. He could have took them cross country, and they could have been there in 11 days, so the story goes. But he took them the 40-year route because he wanted to get the Egypt out of them. And what did they do? They begged to go back to Egypt. He wanted to get that hardness of heart. And that, those fleshly desires and everything that wasn't supposed to be in their hearts, he was trying to work it out of them. So he took them the long route because he know he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He knows all things. And he knew. But, he, but this is the thing. God always has hope for you changing. See, that's one thing he don't. He gives us free will to change at any time. At any time you hear a message, you can, you can, you can change. Amen? And that's one thing God gives us, free will, and he doesn't usurp that. He wants you to make your own decision to follow him. Well, that's why people do stuff. Well, they look like they're getting away with murder. Well, it depends on what you're looking at. Be careful of the gates, the eye gate. Be careful of what you're watching. Mark 1.12. It says, immediately the Spirit drove him, talking about Jesus, into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beast. And the angels ministered to him. Then those angels ministering to him, that was grace. Are y'all here today? Amen. Verse 14, after that 40 days, then Satan came to tempt him. And that was the beginning of his Jesus' ministry. It says, now after John, talking about John the Baptist, was put in prison. It says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. And it says in 16, and he walked by the sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brothers, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Amen. In other words, he's saying, follow me and do what I do and learn from me. 
in 18 they immediately left their nets and followed him and when he had gone a little farther from there he saw james the son of zebedee and john his brother who were in the boat mending their nets amen and immediately he called to them he called and they left their father zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after jesus hallelujah so this is in other words god has given us an example of how number one he called families to be saved amen see this is why the bible always tell you who was kin to who trying to talk to us and let us know look you ain't the only one called (laughs) well i'm called they're not wrong y'all all called if you save trust me everybody in your family's name is down on the book of life so do your job live the life and what i do live right in front of them and they all come in they are all come in because the bible says that when you are uh, uh when you're called and when you get saved it says that your lifestyle speaks to your family speaks to your neighbors that's your neighbors are part of your household in case you don't know that's why you ever notice people who are directly next to you or in front of you always will be included in some of your personal affairs because they're part of your household and when god called you they were called too but the first one that's called it's your responsibility to live like a christian in front of them that's what speaks to them amen and so they dropped the nets left their father in the boat old zebedee and they followed jesus and that's what you're supposed to do follow jesus the holy spirit led jesus into the wilderness not the devil so every temptation ain't the devil sometimes god is allowing that because he's squeezing you to find out what kind of fruit is on the inside of you he's trying to show you what you got you either got it or not amen hallelujah god may leave us in an uncomfortable situation for a season to prove who you are to him and to you but we can't quit and run or give up or give in you have to face your giants the giants in your life are put in there to to make you strong but some people rather get in other people's business and do other stuff anything to take their mind and their heart away from their assignment even leave the assignment or be absent from the assignment because they got to do this and they got to do that that's why god doesn't double book people he doesn't double book because he's still he's expecting you to bring fruit in from what you're assigned to do are y'all here today or did you go to sleep amen he'll leave you in an uncomfortable place to prove who you are but you can't quit you got to face some giants in your life giants only make you gain strength you only gain strength from god 
so gang, do this stuff you know in other words be true to god face these giants and move on stop being stuck in the wilderness yeah those people were in the wilderness because they kept themselves stuck in there for 40 years god didn't have them in there amen we need to what's that term about the 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 wilderness you know your wilderness journey is as long as you allow it to be i'll say that amen because god wants to show you who you are we did mark yeah let's go to jonah god says arise go to nineveh but he arose and went the opposite way to tarshish now my my bible has maps on it and i heard one preacher one day say it's the total opposite way so i looked it up and it is in the total opposite direction and this is what we do when god tell us to do something we get scared and we don't want to do it and so we go in the opposite direction of where he wants us to go or if you don't seek god you don't know what god is telling you to do the devil will take you in the opposite direction doing something else because he don't he don't want you to fall into god's plan for your life he just don't jonah 1 1 it says now the word of the lord came unto jonah the son of admittai saying arise go to nineveh that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me but jonah rose up and fleed unto tarshish from the presence of the lord and went to joppa and he found a ship going to tarshish so he paid the fare there thereof and went down into it to go with them unto tarshish from the presence of the lord so that's what we do when we run from god we run from his presence amen well i'm not going to say that i'm running from his presence that's what we do when you run from him you're running from his presence forgetting that he's omnipotent omnipresent immutable ain't gonna change everywhere you can't hide amen hallelujah go to chapter three And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the gospel that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth and ashes from the greatest of them even to the least. For the Lord came, for the word came unto the king of Nineveh 
And he arose from his throne and laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and ashes and sat in ashes. He was really repentant. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast and herd nor flock taste anything, and let them not feed or drink water. In other words, this king called a fast over the whole country. Now, why did it happen like this? It says in 1 verse 1, in 3 verse 1 of Jonah, it says the Lord spoke to him a second time. You know why? This was after he'd been in the belly of the whales, right after the whale puked him up. All these unbelieving believers. Amen. Let's go back to Jonah 2. It says in verse 6, I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet have thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When the soul fainted with me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple, that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy but i will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving i will pay that i have vowed salvation is of the lord and the lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out jonah unto the dry land so in other words don't don't have to before you don't be swallowed by a well and puked up before you listen to God. Amen. Amen. He got on a boat, went the opposite direction, disobeyed God in every way. And then God had him swallowed up in the belly of a well three days. In other words, he was in soul. His soul was in soul. He was in hell. And then he prayed. And when he prayed, well, puked him up on dry land. And God said the same thing, go to Tarshish. In other words, God changes not. He is not going to change your assignment. He ain't going to do it. I don't care what stories people tell you. And they, I done heard some doozies. Don't change his assignment. He don't change what he tell you to do. And he don't change what he promises you. Amen. Amen. Well, that went over well. Still the same. He said the same thing, go to Nineveh. We run from God by making excuses. But no excuse is acceptable with God. You do what God tells you to do. Amen. You got to. How much time is left? Let's go to, this is the last one, Luke 14. Luke 14. So our, our prayer tonight should be, God, forgive me for not obeying you. Because, see, you don't get the reward 
without doing the the work. If there's something God wants you to do, now he'll give you money. That's not a big deal. He'll pay your bills. No problem. But there is something that God has told everybody to do for him. It ain't about you. It's about him. There's something he wants you to do for him. And he ain't changing it. He's going to tell you the same thing 30, 40 years from now. And most of the time, you know what it is? Repent. It's sad that God has to let you go through life. And he'll let you. Get rid of that arrogance so I can bless you. And let me tell you how dirty the devil is. He will not let you find out if he can cover it from you by using people, situations, false signs and wonders, confirming stuff that's wrong. This is how he rolls. You got to be on God's side with God's wisdom to see And the devil will get in there and make you think what you're doing is okay. Because he's trying to cover what God is really telling you to do. And God has an assignment for everybody. And there is no getting out of it. Because this assignment is your blessing. Why would you want to get away from it? I'm tired. I'm bored. You ain't in your word. When I was tired and bored... I wasn't in my word enough. I'm telling you. Honey, your days are fulfilled when you with God. Every day is a blessing with God. Amen. You can't be bored in the kingdom. It's no boredom in the kingdom. But them Christians, they don't have fun. You're trying to have the wrong kind of fun. Somebody's got to preach it. Amen. I don't care how much you disobey God, the, the fish going to vomit you back up in the same place, and he's going to say, do it all over again, and you're going to keep doing it till you get it right. That's how he does me. Because he don't change, and you can't change him. Amen. He's immutable. Amen. He's everywhere. So you're not fooling God. He knows the things that you haven't repented for. Just be guilty. I, you know, I just went when I was under a lot of pressure, and I went to God, and I said, I'm repenting for Jimmy Hoffa. Wherever they, I did. Wherever they hid his body. I'm repenting for that, too. Lay no sin to my charge. Whatever, I'm guilty. I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, I know. How you cut this thing out? But it's good. <laughs> it's just, he preached it on Jonah. Turn this thing off. See, that's why I don't like these things. He said, the Lord has encompassed me about. Amen. Hallelujah. Where was he when I didn't feel like reading? I could have just laid and listened to him preach. Devil always trying to take the show. Okay, where were we? Uh, Luke 14, verse 18. Hallelujah. Did you make him be quiet? I work on him, Rach. And it says here in 18, 
but they all with one accord began to make excuses wait a minute let's let's go back and then this is the parable of the great supper now this there was this man he was the overseer he gave a dinner and he invited everybody and his one thing was that everybody came to the dinner god wants everybody to come to the dinner well i i see i had to go somewhere else see we go when it's a carnal dinner thank you rachel but when it's god's party don't nobody want to go all right let's get finished so verse 15 now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things he said to him blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of god Take and put it in my office because I don't know what's, what's got him going. Amen. Crazy contraptions. Okay, so 16 says, Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper. This is Jesus telling a story. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited come for all things are now ready amen y'all know what this is about it's a call to repentance so what we've been talking about a call to repentance verse 18 but they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him i have bought a piece of ground and i must go and see it I ask you to please have me be excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask that you have me excused from the dinner, please. Verse 20, still another said, I have married a wife. In other words, my wife don't want me to go, and therefore I cannot come. Amen. That's the world's excuses. 21 so that servant came and reported these things to his master and then the master of the house be, be being angry and said to his servants go out quickly into the streets and lane of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind amen those in other words those that have real excuses y'all hear the blind the lame the sick amen 23 then the master said to the servant go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled for i say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper they rejected christ don't we do that sometimes I ain't going witnessing. Got something to do. Mm-mm. Ain't got time. I got complaining to do. I got meddling to do. I got to check on my friends. 
Amen. That's what that's what happened. When God calls you to an assignment, you're supposed to drop everything and come to the celebration. You know, you can see like some people don't want to break bread with other people. You know what? They're so superstitious and full of witchcraft. They, nah, because you know I don't eat nobody else's food because they might be trying to get me into some kind of covenant. They don't know God. Thanks for leaving because I don't want to eat with you no way. That's superstitious. It's just the way people are. Don't know the Lord. Ain't got time. The worst thing you can tell God is you don't have time. Verse 25 says, Now great multitudes went with him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, he was shutting the door to the supper. He he invites many, but they don't want to come in. Verse 27. In other words, he's saying walk in love and forsake all. Mm-mm. 27. And whoever does not bear this cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, many want to go out and minister. Yeah, I ministered to someone, so I went down and, and I spoke at this conference. But when God asked them to carry his cross or forgive, that's part of carrying God's cross is forgive people. Not staying mad all the time. Them kind of people don't never get nothing. Never. They don't. Because hearts are too hardened. When God tells you to walk in love, that's part of carrying his cross, carrying your cross. But see, don't count it. Don't count the cost. Carry it. Carry the cross. Don't count the cross, the cost. 28, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it began to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish in other words he told me finish the course finish this faith walk the quitters those that are not champions count the cost well i ain't forgiving her because she took my man well, you, she took God's man, and she ain't take nobody. Amen. Thirty-one. Or well, what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace so likewise whoever of you does not forsake all that he has that all that he has cannot be my disciples amen because salt is good but if the salt has lost its flavor how shall it be seasoned amen 
it is it is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill but men throw it out he who has ears let him hear are the gates open to the wrong thing see the gates we keep our gates open to the wrong thing we hear too much perverted things We hear the clean, clean of money, but can we hear the voice of God calling us to come? Amen. This certain man made a a great supper, invited many to come, but most people had something to do. That's the way it is when God calls us to do something for him. Salvation call. I just can't do that. Count the cost. Don't count the cost. Amen? This is a call to repentance. People with a vision see things through to the end. It's people who lack vision. Amen? Because it's going to cost you something to serve God. It's going to cost all of us something. It's going to cost you something. You're going to want to be at another party, and you're invited to Jesus' dinner. It's going to cost you something. But don't come up with an excuse for God. Don't do it. Well, ain't nobody going to make me do nothing. Eventually, God will. Amen. I purpose to be where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. So when Jonah repented, that well vomited him up. And God's instructions were the same. Go to Tarshish. Preach my word and tell those people you're going to die if you don't repent. God's word is the same everywhere he goes. Amen. A call to repentance. So what you going to tell people at your job this week? <laughs> God opened that door. You tell him, you know, have you ever thought about forgiving so-and-so? Have you ever thought about repenting? Amen. Live that life in front of them. Because we're his disciples. Amen. How will they not know that you are my disciples if you have not love? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. And we lift you up in the name of your son, Jesus, who is worthy of all honor and praise. And Jesus, we say yes to you because we love you. And we don't reject you because we know too much about you. And we thank you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anybody that needs prayer, we'll pray. I can pray for you. I have no idea why it's getting cold in here. I don't know. I don't know, and I ain't trying to figure it out. Amen.